What's going on, everybody? This is Nick from the White Cat Outdoors podcast. This week, we got episode 171. Uh, it's a fun episode we did here with Tom and Frank. Uh, we got some cool stuff coming up this weekend as we prep for you know the following deer season coming up. And we're going to plant a bunch of trees. Tom's got a bunch of Norway spruce. He's got oaks. He's got chestnuts. Uh, we're going to break down how many we're planting, why we're planting those ones in specific locations for those trees to help hopefully produce a better quality deer herd and hopefully attract more deer to the property. Along with that, we've had some success in the past week with shed hunting, so we're going to cover that a little bit too. But I don't want to waste any more of your time. Uh, let's get right into it. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the White Cat Outdoors podcast. So I did the cardinal sin. I pull up my bow and then I look dead at his antlers. I got out of the truck and when I slammed the door, I heard gobbles all around me. Alaska, moose, spot and sock. That is the bucket list. I agree. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another installment of the White Cat Outdoors podcast. Um, I don't think we have anything to really talk about, so we can just get right into it, yeah? Yeah, uh, we all sum that up in the intro there and yeah. get right into it. Um, I did want to bring up real quick um, that I do have the most... Sh- uh, fuck, I can't say that. Um, Tom did have some help with his buddy finding some sheds, um, but I did find a shed over the weekend. Giant shed, Giant. Um, but I, I, t- I keep forgetting that Tom found a whole mess of them over the weekend. Um, but yeah, so, and Tom, Tom said he's got a lot of history with the buck that I, uh, shed I found this year. He actually sent me trail camera pictures and everything. How about that? So he's a buck that I was after all season long. He wasn't legal, but <laughs> <laughs> he's one I got my eye on. Yeah. As soon as I, <laughs> as soon as I found it, Tom was like, I got history with that buck. Like just, you know, screw yeah. around. And uh, I do though. I've had multiple <laughs> encounters. Hundreds of times. It's just when you hear people say I've got history, it sounds like they're, they're like targeting yeah. that buck. He's an up and comer. Uh, yeah. Solid you know, four another, th- another three years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, almost immediately Tom's like going through old pictures. He's like, yep, there he is. Send me a picture. That's funny. Um, but you caught or not caught, uh, but found you quite a few sheds, sheds over the weekend too, huh? Uh, well, I was with, my buddy Keith, who is a seasoned shed hunter, a veteran, if you will, mm-hmm. and he he showed me the ropes. He kind of kicked my ass. We found eight total over the weekend. I think the score was two to six. What roughly? How long? Did, how far did you walk? Would you say uh, about as far as you could walk in eight hours? Hmm. Pretty far. Yeah. Hundred yards. Two hundred yards. Yeah. I I don't I didn't track it, but we. Went from about nine in the morning until three, and then 
took a little lunch break, went out again at five until dark. And he just grid searches, correct? Like that's yes. I think that's something that I don't. I know it's something I don't do, but I think that has something to do with why he finds a lot more than me. Mm-hmm. I like to just meander through the timber. Look, because I look for bedding. I look like I'm more looking for next year's sign. That's more like what I do. If if I'm going shed hunting, I'm scouting stuff as well. I don't like search for sheds. You know, if I find one, cool. But like, I'm I'm looking for other intel. Yeah, that's typically how I am. I love finding sheds. Mm -hmm. Um, My main purpose out there is, you know, I I like to find um, beds. You know, with hair in them, that's a big one. Um, and then looking for heavy trails. Mm-hmm. Just, so I tell you what, grid searching a heavy known bedding area gives you great intel mm-hmm. on exactly how they're, instead of just making one or two passes through it, mm-hmm. if you make eight mm-hmm. passes, you have a far better idea of how they're using yeah. Yeah. that bedding area. So did you, I guess, after walking through your bedding and everything doing that, is anything going to change for you next year hunting around it? I think so. I did find one bed that was a monster. Like I was standing at the bed and stretched my arms out and I'm six feet. So Mm -hmm. my wingspan is probably about six feet and my hands were even with the edges of the bed. Hmm. It was a giant Mm -hmm. and it was loaded with fecal matter. So I know he was living there, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. I haven't, I, I only searched it one time in the winter. So who's to say what that buck's doing in the summer or in yeah. the fall? Yeah, that, it definitely changes. Um, but I've noticed anyway that like a good place to bed is a good place to bed. Um, mm-hmm. I, as long as the food sources are close by and everything, I, I, at least in, I do that every episode yeah. since we moved to here. Yeah, you should um, stop. I should. Um, I've found that the beds that I find in the springtime correlate very well to what I find in the, uh, or what I'm hunting in the fall. I mean, I, the buck I killed this year was off of one of those beds. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I was 60, 70 yards away from it, but still like it, I'm, you're hunting. I'm fairly certain that the bedding area that I scouted, the beds I found, I'm sure that that buck was using. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it definitely helps you a lot. Oh, it definitely does. I learned a lot about windbreaks. Uh, if you have a ridge or an elevation change, like where I was at, we have a predominant wind coming out of the west, so it would be a, a west wind blowing out of the west to the east. Well, we have a, there's a ridge that runs through that bedding um, that runs north and south. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the beds were on the east side of that ridge. The reason being is because with the wind coming from the west, it's hitting that ridge and going over top of the deer, keeping them out of the wind in the cold winter months. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Neat. So. So did you find any like monster sheds? Like, What was your biggest shed? The biggest one was probably a three-year-old. It was four on one side. I'm assuming it was probably an eight or a nine point, depending on mm-hmm. what the other side had. Um, but, you know, if... You take that side, double it, and give yourself, you know, a 17, 18-inch spread. It's probably a 115, 120-inch eight. That's a good shed find, though. Oh, absolutely. Well, no doubt. Yeah. Well, good. Um, main thing we want to talk about tonight, uh, we got a order of trees coming in. 
Um, and you pretty much handled everything this year. So I just wanted to kind of break down what trees you're buying, why we're buying those trees, um, and what we hope and project it to do for our property in the long run. So I'll start with the Norway spruce, bought a hundred of those babies. I love those trees. Yeah, they're great. And the reason I decided to go with it, we've bought them in the past and we had this nice section. It was two rows right up by the road and we planted them maybe three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, three years. Well, recently we had a selective cut done um, to take out a lot of the standing dead ash and some of the big mature cherries uh, just to let more sunlight into the forest floor, create some undergrowth bedding habitat for the deer. But while the loggers were in there, they thought it would be a good idea to run over our patch of or our two rows of Norway spruce. It's not that they thought it would be a good idea to do it. It it was a convenient spot for them. Yeah, to it was drive, a convenient spot for them to And it happened to be drive. where we put trees. Yeah, and granted, the trees aren't that tall. The weeds were kind of tall, and they're in a big piece of equipment. I don't think that there was any. No, Ill there intent. was no intent, but it is Still a little sucks. bit frustrating. Yeah. So I uh, bought a hundred of those trees. So we're gonna redo that. A lot of them are still there. Yeah, but it, it definitely needs redone. Yes. And then there's this goldenrod field back behind the old foundation. And there's one little opening that you can kind of see back into this goldenrod. And when we planted trees last time, I picked the biggest, healthiest, strongest looking one and planted it right in the middle of that opening to kind of try and block things off. Well, Nick buried the tractor or actually yeah buried his tractor way back down in the woods i mean buried is that to the point where he had to get his truck back there to yank this tractor out and why he didn't use the main road he couldn't no no i if i could i would have remember back then that was before all the gravel got put in that main trail was so muddy I was Probably f- because you didn't let me mow it. No, you, you, I didn't let you and you still did it anyways. Yeah, it needed to be done. And now look how dry that baby is. There's two tons of gravel in there now. Just at the front. That is a lot. That was where it was wet. Anyway. It's tough to say. Nick drove his truck right over the top of this tree and killed it. Yeah. So I got to replace that one. And I figure it'll probably be 50 trees to do the front, one tree to replace Nick's screw up and then that'll leave us 49 to plant about hmm. what are the, all the other trees i was getting there okay so what what was your reason for the spruce like i know you said you know cover uh, yeah so it, all right yeah how many times have you been driving down the road and you see a buck out there so you slow down and that Hit buck takes off running right it yeah. happens all the time. Seen it quite a bit. Times. And you, 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 I don't, I don't really know. I don't spend enough time up in this section of New York to know if poaching is a problem. Um, we're not really there in the evenings, midsummer during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there are a lot of Amish. And I don't, I'm not going to point fingers, but yeah, I know how they are. <laughs> <laughs> and I know out at my dad's farm poaching is a huge issue Mm -hmm. and if you have two rows of pine trees well they're not going to be able to see what's back there 
They're not going to be able to shoot deer through the pine trees. Mm -hmm. And I also, I don't want other people knowing what we got going on as far as food plots. And Mm -hmm. I mean, if you, if you're just advertising, you know, you got a standing cornfield in December and bean fields and whatnot. Yeah. If you're not there, which we don't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If they know, okay, these guys are from out of town. I could sneak in here midweek and get a quick hunt in with low probability of getting caught. Yeah. So if we just block the road off so you have no idea what we have going on back there, it's just better for everybody. Yeah. So Norway spruce, those are for blockage and cover for deer. deer They're real bushy pine tree, so it it doesn't take long if they don't get run over um, to get, you know, where they're covering stuff up pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just two rows staggered, and it's going to be great. Yeah. So we got that. I got a hundred Chinese chestnut. Reason being, deer love chestnuts. You can't get enough. That's of a them. pro tip that you know. I don't think people talk too much about chestnut no, it's trees. All it's all oaks. all oaks. Yeah, it's all oaks. It's all anyone cares about. But chestnuts are a big one, especially because there's not a lot of chestnuts around. You don't like find concentrations of chestnuts. Well, and, and like that's one of um, our buddy Owen Zimmer. We've had him on a couple times. Um, one of the big things he looks for, and he. I don't know. He may still be doing it, but I know for a while his full-time gig was property management for hunting big bucks. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things he told us was, you know, to survey what everybody around you is planting Mm -hmm. and then plant something else. Because if everybody around you has oaks, there's nothing special about your oaks. No. If nobody's got chestnuts and you plant chestnuts, you're the only one with chestnuts. Yeah. It, you know, and we've found that with beans, we can't even grow them because the deer just mow them right down. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I like eating chestnuts right off the ground too, though. So that'll be another. Chestnuts are good, but and it'll be a while before we can do that. Yeah. Well, they produce a lot faster than oaks. Oh, no doubt. So, and I've been reading some articles. I don't know how they prove this or not, but they say deer prefer chestnuts over acorns, a hundred to one. How about that? So. I also don't know how they would prove that. They yeah. just have to have like a bucket of acorns and a bucket of chestnuts, and then see what the deer chooses. Let them go to it a hundred times, and well, no, you need a hundred deer. Okay, I guess that would make sense. Yeah, maybe one deer would go to the acorns, and the rest would go to the chestnuts. Well, you'd need a hundred and one. Yeah, yeah, hundred, a hundred to one. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, so is there anything specific about the Chinese chestnut? That's what they had available. Mm. Was, so are these trees from China? China. Or? I, I have no idea. No? I, I'm, okay. a, I'm assuming that's where they get their name. From the origin? Yeah, I'm sure. That, I doubt these specific ones came from China. No, these ones are coming from Indiana, Pennsylvania. Mm. Wonderful. So Pikes and Peak Nursery. Is that where we got our trees last time? Yeah pretty wild drive we went down there and picked them up during covid yeah good time but 100 of those and then i got so you did 100 chestnuts yeah and where i guess in relation to um bedding food the swamp the fields where i guess what's your ideal location for those 100 trees uh they prefer growing in sunlight okay so out we have in the field 
some spots that we are trying to turn into bedding. We've planted a mix of oaks, some pines. We're just letting the goldenrods and red brush grow up, just trying to make it thick, nasty cover for the deer. Mm-hmm. So they live right there, food's right there. Um, so I'm going to mix in some Chinese chestnuts with what oaks we already have planted out in the field. And then where we logged on the hillside, there's some big open areas that I just want to load with nut trees. Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, you're going to have deer that they're going to be bedding in the field with all those nut trees. But I think those are going to be difficult deer to hunt if they're not, leave. They're, they're, they really have no reason to leave there before dark. They mm-hmm. might just hang out in that bedding all day long. So if we plant some in the woods. Put a big old black shack in there, sneak in before they come back. There you go. Yeah. But I was saying if we planted them in the woods. We could catch deer moving from other bedding areas on throughout the property to those chestnuts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they did the majority of the selective cuts on the hillside. That's where it's getting the most sun. So it's gonna be interesting for turkey. We should mark them because, like the last time we, or whatever, two times ago when we planted, we planted a lot of berry bushes and stuff. Yeah. We didn't like mark where anything was. Mm nothing so like and i've walked through like where we did the hinge cut was where we put a lot Mm. of the berries and it's you can't and since they're small you know it's tough to tell where stuff is so what we planted what's a weed growing up because of the hinge cut yeah Yeah. we could take some orange tape and just you know you have to put it like on the tree just mark near it so you kind of know about where it is i could just put one on a little stem Mm -hmm. um just yeah like you said just something so we can see and how see how they're doing if they're surviving if we need to keep planting more and more and more and more of them. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to keep planting trees, but of that specific variety, you know, if we if they're taking off and we're not losing a bunch of those trees, what, we, keep we can this get up. something else. We keep this up. We're going to be in, like, the 5,000 Trees Planted Club. Is that yeah. a club? I'm making it a club. It's pretty. <laughs> I think that's a pretty damn cool thing. Yeah, well, not think, a lot of people plant trees. What I think is cool is, like, 200 years from now when we're, like, long dead. dead. Someone else will be. If walking. you would have said anything but dead, <laughs> like with that, I, would, yeah. I thought for sure you were going to say something stupid. No. Uh, when we're long gone and someone else is walking on that property, they're going to look at some of these oak trees and be like, "Man, that is a huge tree. It's mm-hmm. like two hundred years old." Yeah. yeah, and we planted it. Yeah, that's going to be. Pretty that is cool. a cool. Uh, like just thought. I mean, that's that one of my favorite quotes is actually about that pretty much. Um, and then it, I think it was something along the lines of like, until you've, um, plant your favorite quote and you don't even know it. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. No, yeah, it's he until, doesn't you, know it. until you've planted, um, a tree that you know that you will not enjoy its shade. Um, you will not understand the meaning of life, hmm. but it's something along those lines, but you get the I, point. Yeah, I yeah. know what you're going for. I get it. I've, yeah. I've, it's, it's I've a neat, that. it's a neat thing. Yeah. Um, We've planted a ton of trees. Yeah, we've planted a lot of trees. I think it's cool that, like, even in our lifetime, like, my kids, grandkids will likely be able to – you good? Yeah. Um, we'll be able to put a tree stand in yeah. some of the trees that we planted. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a really cool – I mean, guys, that are, like, they're putting ladder stands up or ground blinds and stuff. We're planting trees for tree stands. Like, yeah. that's – We're in it for the long haul. You always yeah. got to play the long <laughs> yeah, game. We're play, we're, yeah, we've got – they're playing checkers. We're playing chess. That's right. Um, but what's cool about this piece of property is if you drive around, 
there's not another oak tree for miles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we have a 100-acre parcel loaded with oaks and chestnuts, and chestnuts that is going to draw in some deer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. It's going to be wild. Yeah. And all the people that we invited out there over the years that turned us down are all going to come crawling back. Yep. Yep. I'm going to tell them to pound salt. Yeah. They don't need it. <laughs> um, what else besides your Chinese chestnuts and your pines? 50 red oak. Okay. 50. And, oh, let's just stop there. Let's break down the red oaks. Um, well, I need to categorize them all. Why? You'll see. Follow with me. <laughs> 50 red oaks, 50 white oaks, 50 swamp oaks, and 15, I'm I'm sorry, 50 English oaks. 50 red, 50 white, 50 English, 50 Which English are in the white family. Right. Reason being is just wanted a mixture of trees, good, good bunch variety. Swamp oaks are my favorite oak tree. We loaded the field with oaks but we don't we didn't really plant too much in the woods mm-hmm. because there there was no sunlight yeah. yeah but now that we have that so i want to load that hillside with as many oaks as we can oaks and chestnuts and we there's a variety so I, we can see and monitor which growing best what's dying off mm-hmm. because when you plant like uh, this order is 400 trees you can't fertilize and prune and nurture 400 trees no along with the other 3,000 that we have planted yeah you're expecting a lot of death only the strong survive exactly so i want to do a little test see what's growing the best that way when you know two three years when we order trees again we can bulk up get more of get a hundred of one kind yeah, instead of, of 50 of this 50 of this yeah yeah but i think it's also in, um important to um diversify the species of trees as well because especially like in the oak category um there's been a ton of studies that show that deer like white oaks over reds but if they don't have whites they're gonna eat reds yeah and you don't get a good acorn crop from white oaks every single year mm-hmm. um so if if the white oaks aren't producing one year, your reds are, then they still have some sort of acorn uh, to eat. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not like it's just one tree. It seems like it's a geographical area yeah. that all of your white oaks are doing well, all your red oaks are doing well. Because up at camp, our property is littered with, uh, this is the far camp, it's littered with oaks. And when they're on, it's like walking in on marbles in mm-hmm. the woods. It's that bad. Like we, food plots end up being a waste because there's no need for a deer to step out in the field with the amount of acorns that are in the woods. Mm-hmm. And you just want to have a little bit of variety in case there's an off year. So. Yeah. And I, the English oaks, the reason we go with the English oaks specifically is they're one of the quickest producing uh, white yeah, oaks. like, what, 10, 15 years? Yeah. Well, yeah, and they're really producing at 10, yeah. 15 years. Yeah, and they're actually one of the bigger acorns as well. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty neat. And then the swamp oaks, I just, I, I think they're a really cool tree. They're a real shag bark um, tree, and it just, I don't know, they've always, it's one of my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. They are neat. But I believe swamp oaks are in the red oak family. I'm not sure. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. So anyway. is that all you got were the oaks, the chestnuts, and the pines? 
Yes, 400 trees this year. Right on. I was thinking um, we ought to diversify our fruit crop too. Like maybe do some blueberries or grapes or something. I think that'd be kind of neat. Yeah, I'd be into that. I have to put a fence up for the grapes. Yeah, but I mean like with how much room we have through there, you could easily do, you know, a grape, little grape vineyard or something. Mm-hmm. wonder how many grapes you would need to make wine. I don't know. Like Never if, made it. How much like we could plan to make our own wine for camp? I wouldn't drink it. You don't like wine, though. Yeah, exactly. So I'm out We've on that. We've made brandy. Also out. That'd be illegal, Tom. Yeah, Tom. Well, we would do it legally. We'd get our licenses and whatnot. <laughs> right. <laughs> on this fictional podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think it would be a lot of fun to just do more fruit trees. That's another thing while we're planting trees. I do want to go inspect, see which trees need me. I'd like to bring up that Band-Aid liquid band-aid for trees in case the uh i don't know what rodent got a hold Rabbits. of it yeah they chewed all the bark off the and all of them but one survived after like mm-hmm. almost every tree got hit and i was i thought we were gonna lose the whole thing and i was pissed yeah they, uh, they only, rebounded pretty good oh yeah only one tree didn't make it so that's not too bad i don't think yeah you know how, how long does anybody know uh how long it takes a fruit tree to start producing i'm sure it's different for any different tree but i don't know i'm excited for the spy apples yeah i love spies they're like just my favorite apple they're not something that are commonly planted you don't see nor or um spies at the store Mm -hmm. so it'd be cool to have those yeah we planted those well this will be year three yeah we planted those three years ago yeah yeah they might start producing here in the next four or five years neat yeah because those weren't you know, saplings when we got them. Yeah, they, they were, were four or five foot tall when we got them. I yeah. Think. But they say the first year they produce, you're supposed to cut them off right away. Yeah. Oh, like when they're flowering or as soon as the fruit's there? As soon as the fruit's there. Did not know that. Yeah. Just the first year. How big do you let them get? I don't, I don't know. I think probably the sooner the better. Then why would you just cut the flowers? Because I don't think... Pollination. Yeah. Hmm. Is it just because they don't think that the tree structure is strong enough to hold the fruit yet? Yeah. That makes sense. And they dump all their nutrients into the fruit when they're not quite ready for it yet. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, we'll have to watch out for that. But, well, is is that all the trees you got for us this year? No bushes, nothing? No. All right. Well, thank you, Tom, for explaining uh, all your tree options, and we'll be up there to help you plant them. Uh, also, I guess while we're talking about trees, what tool, I guess, like describe the tool we're using to help speed this process up so we're not sitting there with shovels all weekend. Well, it's basically like a T-handle, uh, if you can picture that, about six to eight inches long, and there's a pipe that comes off the bottom, and then there's it kind of looks like a, the end bar. of a spud bar. With a step on it, though. Yeah, with a step going off to the side. So you just step that into the ground, wiggle it back and forth, create you know a little V-notch, stick your root system down in there, and Use the heel of your it. boot, close it up, good to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It goes pretty quick. I mean, we can easily do, I mean, geez, we've done 2,000 trees 
in a weekend. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's yeah, a lot it of fast. it's it's a lot of work, but it is you're you feel it in your back by the end of the day for mm-hmm. sure. It's just a lot of bent over. Um, but anyways, all right. Well, thank you guys um, for tuning in to another episode. And you know, turkey season's right around the corner, so you guys all know what to do. Get outside. <laughs>